Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and Melissa. And she is going to talk eventually, but she is actually sick this week, and you're going to get to hear my voice a lot because she can barely talk. Listen to me, guys. Don't I sound great? (laughs) (laughs) It was me last week, her this week. Hopefully next week, uh, we will all be back to normal. (laughs) We're working. We're working on it. Yeah, we're actually several days behind on recording this episode, but um, even though we're under the gun, we're going to get it done. Because we would never want to leave you guys hanging without an episode on Tuesdays. <laughs> there you go. Um, so actually, Melissa does have a couple of notes that we're going to share with you guys today. A few points we want to go over before we get started. And I will let her kind of go into that and we'll see how that goes with her speaking voice. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's going to kill me. He does all of our audit, um, our editing. And so there's going to be like 5,000 notes for me that says cough, sniff, um, <laughs> please edit. So um, anyway, uh, we have a few housekeeping notes, which is appropriate as we are moms and we are basically like servants and don't get paid and all that sort of thing. So it works for us. Um, in the coming weeks, we have a few other podcasts we're going to be collaborating with, doing some fun stuff. Um, some of us might be featured on a few things by some of us, I mean, both of us. Um, and so some really cool, fun things, uh, with other podcasts we really enjoy. So we'll let you guys know about that. Um, one note, I already told Mandy about this and she got a good laugh. 
We really do believe that um, in each of these podcasts, people are innocent until proven guilty. Right. <laughs> no matter what we think about the toot-toot guy, um, people are innocent until proven guilty. So I wanted to put that out there. Yes. It's an important, <laughs> important piece. And so although we do have theories and stuff, that's a very important thing to remember. Um, also, we have a new Facebook discussion group. Mandy, do you remember what the long title is to our Facebook discussion group? Moms and Murder Discussion group? <laughs> probably, probably. There could be an extra word. But I think if you type in moms and murder, you should find us. It's a fun group. We have several people in there now talking about different episodes, random things, uh, different shows, whatever you want to talk about. Um, we're just keeping it really light, uh, politics-free, because we do that with our own podcast. So if you guys want to come in and join us, we would love it. Um, also, today we're recording our first Patreon episode. Yay! Very excited. Um, and so we're going to basically keep uh, Patreon episodes mostly to uh, some unsolved stuff with people still lurking out there. So if they want to kill us after they hear about us, at least they paid us a few dollars before they found out that we talked terribly about them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, we're a little nervous about those cases where um, the perpetrator is roaming free yeah. and, you know, can find us. So. You know, throw a couple quarters at me and it'll all be worth it. Just right. throw, them in my, <laughs> throw them in my casket. That's fine. Um, and lastly, um, we talk about iTunes reviews at the end of our episodes and um, it's so nice and we've had so many wonderful iTunes reviews and we appreciate the feedback from everyone and on our Facebook group, lots of uh, reviews and that's been really nice. Um, and Stacy is someone that's a new person listening to us who's very sweet and uh, we've gotten to talk to her some. Um, she talked about iTunes guilt, and I guess she did not have an i product, and it wasn't able to leave iTunes reviews. And she said every time she kind of heard these people talking about wanting iTunes reviews, she always felt so guilty. So don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad if you can't leave us an iTunes review. No big deal. Share us with your friends. Tell your neighbor. Don't tell like a perpetrator or anything because we don't need those people listening or finding out about us. But um, so don't feel guilty. We enjoy and we're so happy you guys are listening. So I'm passing it to Mandy before I cough all over myself. Okay. <laughs> so this week we are going to go into the case of Sherry Rasmussen. And this is uh, not a recent case. So you may have heard of it if you are really into true crime, which I think everybody listening is. Mm -hmm. um, this actually happened in uh, the late 80s. So um, we'll start just with a little background on the case. And as all the other cases go, they get a little wild and crazy. Also, um, whenever Mandy first brought up this case, I was a little eh, on it because... I actually was too. Is it terrible <laughs> that because it was from like the 80s, I look at them and I'm like, mm, I don't know. It doesn't seem so maybe real. I don't know what it is. But all that terrible hair and feathers everywhere <laughs> and stuff. It just was like, I don't know how much I can get into it, but I got into it. So, well, I did too. Actually, I, I had a hard time getting into it. And as I said, we were kind oh, of behind you. the curve this week. Um, you know, we normally record episodes on uh, Wednesday nights and today is Sunday. And yeah. so we are really, really um, under the wire here. But, you know, after I started getting into the details of the case, I realized that it really was not as boring as I initially no, thought it was. No, it's crazy good. Um, so yeah, all the great elements of a really good true crime case are there. So with that said, we will just go right into it. Um, in 1986, Sherry Rasmussen, Rasmussen, glad you're saying a that. tongue twister, um, was a 29-year-old newlywed living in a condo with her new husband, John Rutten. Um, and this was in 
I don't even know how you Van Eyes. Oh, you yes. <laughs> Thank you for saying I'm jumping so excited. In there. <laughs> okay. N U Y S apparently is eyes. And I can't wait till Roseanne from California uh, <laughs> Dreaming Pod hears us pronounce this. Please tell us we're doing it right, but I think it's Van Eyes. Okay. I never would have said it like or that. Or Van Nuys. I don't know. I, okay. Go with well, Van Nuys. We'll go with that. Um, in California. Um, <laughs> she was a graduate of Loma Linda University and was the director of nursing at Glendale Adventist Medical Center. And she was very successful and highly regarded by her coworkers. Um, I believe she was actually a critical care nurse, yeah. but she also had moved up the ranks and kind of started doing teaching classes like to other nurses and doing a lot more of that type of stuff around the hospital. She was a boss lady. She was, yeah. And everybody really liked her. And like I said, she was very successful and um, really liked her job and loved doing nursing and taking care of people and everything. Um, you, back to the decades. You know, whenever you see people from different decades and you're like, is this person attractive? Like, would they be attractive now? <laughs> or were they attractive in that decade? I can't tell. She was really beautiful. Right. I hate her was. hair, but very, very beautiful. Right. Well, we hate her hair now because it's 2017, but... That I'd was, like to that think that was I, the hair back then, though. That was like what you had. I'd like to think I would have hated it then too, <laughs> but I would have really just been jealous. It just—I know—I'm one of the pictures I saw of her online. It just reminded me of like the old glamour shots where you go yeah. and like they'd really tease up your hair and just an old '90s, you know, with the uh, blurred edges. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Very kind of, soft, like yes. Um, did your mom ever do? We used to do elephant ears. Like, oh my gosh, spray. my mom did that until she was like—I don't even know. It was—it's. No, did she do it to you, though? Oh, no, no, no. I remember panicking on my way somewhere with my mom and screaming, <laughs> give me elephant ears, give me elephant ears. So if you're begging your parent to give you an animal-type haircut, <laughs> back away. And parents, don't do that to your child. Yeah, let's just stick to the, you know, the basic hairstyles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so her husband, John, was a mechanical engineering major and had recently started a new job with an engineering company. Um, those who were close to the couple and knew them well said that they were really great together. They were crazy about each other. Um, you know, they had a great marriage and great relationship. Um, and John was very good looking. I'd he like was extremely good looking. I know. It really just makes everything so much better when um, the subjects of our cases are attractive. We're <laughs> very busted. Like there's a nice little um, <laughs> difference there. But no, he's one of those. You see him and you're like every – he's like Benjamin Button or something. Every decade I saw him <laughs> and I was like, wow, how is this – are you John Hamm? I don't understand how he still was so attractive. But – he was a very handsome man. All right. We need to calm down over here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the morning of February 24th, 1986, Sherry had called into work and um, she said that she had a back injury from an aerobics class and um, she, you know, she wasn't going to be able to make it that day. So John left her home on that morning and went into work as usual. Right. And around 9.45 a.m., a neighbor noticed that the garage was open um, at their condo. So... Uh, they lived in a condo. I'm guessing they must have had, like, I don't know how they had a garage if it was a condo. Like, they had a personal garage? Well, don't they sometimes have, like, the condos upstairs and then you can park downstairs? I don't know what the, the fancy people of California thing. do. Yeah. Okay, we don't have things like We're, that here. <laughs> Florida, we got nothing. We got nothing. Um, so, uh, he had called the house several times throughout the day, probably just to check on her since she wasn't feeling well. Right. And um, all of his calls went unanswered, but he... I guess I just assumed that she was lounging around the house. Um, and it's know. not the age of like cell phones and stuff. You can't text somebody and right. say, and just seems so, I know. I see. I forget this is in the eighties. So yeah. So if you call someone and it rings and rings and rings and goes to their 
answering machine. Answering machine with their tape. <laughs> um, yeah. So nothing like it is today where you can just send an instant, quick, you know, yeah. message and get a reply. Got to be harder to get away with murder now. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, so uh, Sherry's sister said also that day that she called the residents and did not get an answer. Um, then around noon, two men who were believed to be groundskeepers or gardeners um, on the premises uh, gave the neighbors um, a purse that they said that they had found. Hmm. Well, that purse was later determined to be Sherry's purse. Um and there was also a maid cleaning a nearby condo unit that claimed that she had heard two people fighting and what sounded like something was falling around 1230 in the afternoon. So when John returned home that evening from work, he found, of course, that the garage door was open and Sherry's car was missing. So a little note about this car. Um, this was a BMW that he purchased for her as an engagement gift. Of course. I don't understand how we've managed to find all these cases where everybody is so rich that they can do things like give you a car as a gift. Right. And well, I mean, when I got engaged, the only gift I got was the ring. Right. <laughs> so, I got too. <laughs> like, I thought that was a gift. Um, but also, it reminds me of like a push present. I did not get a push present. I don't understand those. My I mean, I'm jealous of those. Right. Straight up. Um, <laughs> my push present was the child screaming, coming, <laughs> coming forth from my undercarriage. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, Melissa's going to have a coughing fit <laughs> after all of that. So I'm just going to continue on here and, and we're just going to ignore that. Um, so anywho, I actually have written here in my notes, why didn't anyone buy me a, a dang car? Yeah. <laughs> but our notes are very, very good, guys. Yeah. Um, so he thought that it was strange that she would have left the house without really mentioning it to him, um, just given, you know, her reasoning for staying home in the first place that day. Um, and I guess he also realized that their answering machine was not activated, which was something that they always did when they left the house. So what an that, 80s thing. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, I don't know. This whole case, guys, happened before I was even born. Oh, man. Don't tell people that. <laughs> I was definitely born, but you don't need to know how old I was. So I was, um, Shh, don't tell I was people. probably Maybe. a thought at least. <laughs> you were a twinkle in your mother's eye. I love your mom. <laughs> I know. She's great. Um, so uh, when he did get home, like I said, there was broken glass on the driveway. The garage door was open and um, he just made his way on inside to check out what was going on. Sure. So um, when he got inside the residence, really the first thing that he saw was Sherry on the ground. And um, of course she was dead. And uh, she had been beaten really badly and shot three times. So um, it looked like somebody possibly had maybe broken into the house. Right. And, um, you know, maybe it came upon her and didn't expect anyone to be there. And, you know, it was just a bad situation where she ended up getting killed in right. some kind of a home invasion or something like that. Um, and that's kind of what all the – that's what it looked like. Um, yeah. There was some signs of a struggle. Like um, you could tell that she had really put up a fight with whoever was in there with her. There was a credenza knocked over, which, okay, what is a credenza? I was going to say, like a sofa what a, table? Yeah, hold like, on. What is I'm that? not even, nope. <laughs> Unless we can go back and edit this, I'm not guessing. Uh, no, I think it's like one of those just, oh, it's a long table. So dumb. <laughs> We're on so much medicine right now. But just, how do you knock over something like that large? I don't know. Well, I saw that the, like the um, struggle could have taken up to an hour and a half. I saw that too. 
which is a long time to I be having a physical like confrontation with someone. I literally stabbed myself to make it be over. Like I can't, right. I'm not going toe to toe with somebody for an hour and a half. Five minutes, I'm out of here. Right, exactly. Like dead, I'm fine with that. Right. <laughs> You're fine with that. I've accepted my existence. I'm done. Um, oh my gosh. Um, so there was also a bloody handprint next to the um, alarm system's panic button. So it was obvious that she was trying to call for help, which is just really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. To, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's awful. Um, and then there was also a porcelain vase that looked like it had been broken over her head before the shooting. So this was a really severe scuffle that was going on yeah. between um, Sherry and her killer and um you know it just was a bad scene from everything that i gathered she had bruises and and things on her body and they said that they most likely came from the muzzle of the gun and so like this poor woman was just you know really beat up um but then the other thing that they noticed um which was kind of strange was that she had a bite mark on her arm Hmm. and um what's kind of strange about that is that typically um what I had read from the investigators had said about this was that um, typically when um, uh, somebody is bitten, it's right. usually done by a woman, okay? Because men are not that petty, I guess. Well, why would you bite someone? Well, <laughs> all I can think is if there's a struggle and maybe they've got the upper hand on you and you bite them to, you know, that's like a jerk reaction or whatever. Maybe being a woman, I thought that made a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> um, so she did have a bite mark on her arm. And like you just said, and it probably was just that, like a defensive kind of. I don't think it's like the you bite. pull my hair, I'm going to bite you now. I think it was uh, in the heat of the moment. What else can I do? But like clearly this person had a gun. So yeah. like I don't understand how we got from, I don't know. They could have never wanted it to have come how to How did we gun, go from though? biting to shooting is what yeah. I'm, I get confused. It's a natural there. progression. <laughs> right. Um, so the detectives on the scene swabbed that area and um, placed it into evidence for DNA. And um, they did not have the technology to test DNA like that, like right. we do now. So, which I always think is so cool when I hear of that, because I'm like, Same. how did they know to say <laughs> that? Like they knew that if one, one day, day? <laughs> yeah, like, they knew about the future. Yeah. Like I don't want I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I feel the same way. I'm always, they're like, and then we tested this from 400 years ago. I'm like, whoa, wait, right. how did you know to save that? Right. You know? And so it makes me wonder like what kind of things are saving today that we Ooh, will maybe. use later. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank Deep goodness thoughts. we're not a part of this because <laughs> we would throw everything away. Yeah. Seriously. I get tired of clutter. I don't keep I anything. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I'm keeping a little tube of anything. I know. <laughs> Thanks for this picture, kids. Looks like the last one you gave me. It's going in the trash. <laughs> so... Anywho, so they kept the DNA um, under lock and key for years and years and years. Okay. Um, So like I said before, the detectives very quickly determined that this was a burglary gone bad. And they kind of began to base the entire investigation off of that. And um, they had said that Sherry was found wearing like night clothes, like a robe and a nightgown and slippers and whatever. She was not didn't look like she was going to be having company or be going anywhere. Right. Um, so the um, neighbor had heard the fighting sounds and kind of wrote it off and thought maybe it was just like a domestic thing or what maybe she was arguing with her husband or whatever. Didn't really want to get involved. I guess um, maybe it wasn't, didn't sound, you know, she said it didn't sound that 
severe. Yeah, where, where, it didn't sound like it was going the, on for an hour and Right, and a half. where the police needed to be called. And then she also said she did not hear gunshots or anything. Hmm. So, but then I did read um, that apparently Sherry was actually shot through a, um, like a quilt. Hmm. Like that, so... Muffled the sound. Exactly. So that, you know, so she didn't, which is just kind of crazy because that doesn't really go along the lines of burglary either. So None you would think does. that they would have had some kind of tip, you know, that um, a burglar is not going to go get a quilt and, um, you know, go through all the trouble to do that. You know what I mean? If that's just there. And nor are they going to stay there for an hour and a half. That's right. just stupid for them. They, that would not be... One thing I read that they did find at the bottom of the stairs maybe was like um, a VCR, something else. VCR maybe, I don't even know, uh, tape player, something else. Kind of where it was like maybe they were in the process of taking stuff out. Then they run into her and decide this was a bad idea. Almost setting it up, if, if you were staging a scene, um, things that you would look for. So when they see that, they think, oh, well, yeah, clearly this person was trying to take this out and they got stopped. Right. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. It's been a while since I've had a baby of my own, and some days I miss it so much. The baby cuddles and baby smiles, but when it comes to diaper rashes, not so much. I remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash, I was really devastated. Here's this tiny thing totally dependent on me, and now she's fussy and obviously uncomfortable, and I'm supposed to have the answers. Well, with time and treatment, it went away, but what I really wanted was to avoid it altogether. And now, baby butts rejoice. New Huggies Skin Essentials are here, a brand new dermatologist-approved line of diapers, wipes, and pull-ups training pants, all designed with baby's sensitive skin in mind. The wipes are thick and have zero harsh ingredients for a great, gentle clean. Pull-Up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra-soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. 
Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more. So they also um, said basically that the BMW was stolen as the getaway car after this happened. And then the only other thing missing was um, John and Sherry's marriage license. Sure. So that's a very odd thing to just go missing. Yeah. Also, how would you even notice that was missing? Like that would take me like until I had to renew something. Right. I I wouldn't even know. I know. Death? I don't really know when that would come up again. Unless maybe they just had it. I mean, they were kind of newly married, so maybe Uh, they had it out or, you know, maybe on a dresser or something. I mean, if your piece of cake from your wedding is stolen (laughs) from the freezer, that would make sense. But your wedding, I mean. Please don't take the cake. (laughs) Don't eat it either. That sounds so disgusting. I I did that. We did that. No, Mm -hmm. we're not weird. I'm sure lots of listeners have done it. We saved it. We froze it in a deep freezer, thawed it out a year later, and ate year old cake. It was great. It was so tasty. (laughs) I think I probably ate a donut that day anyway, so it didn't really matter. So the lead detective on this case was Lyle Mayer, and I love that name, Lyle. If I ever have another child, I might name him Lyle. I will not have another child, and so that name is not on my (laughs) radar. Congratulations, though. Yeah, (laughs) for my future potential so Son Lyle. Actually, I have two boys already, so if if I ever had a third boy, I would just... Send me to just commit me right, yeah, right away. It won't even be a question. They'll just do <laughs> Seriously. it. Seriously. You'll have a baby and they'll just send you. So Lyle Mayer um, briefly looked into other possibilities for how Sherry's death could have occurred. And he quickly ruled out um, the grieving husband, John. Yeah. Um, and John, by the way, just got out of Dodge right after this happened. Yeah. He moved and um, quit his job and everything and moved away, which very understandable. I don't think I would want to stay. True, but I I I felt like they did not spend very much time on like I've heard of people's alibis being I'm at work and still they're in prison for 30 years. So right. I don't really understand how they're like, "Oh, this guy." But he was kind of like John Hamm's character in the bubble on 30 Rock, which is my favorite. This is the second episode. John Hamm reference today. Because guys. he was on 30 <laughs> Rock and, and he was in the bubble and how like for these people everything's just magic and people like try to be have them become models on the street and stuff this guy was that good looking that like they were probably like oh you were at work okay great 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 (laughs) have a good day (laughs) that's how i would interact with him yeah (laughs) i would be so nervous it would not work good seriously if you haven't yet you need to go google um John Rudin, because he is a good looking dude. <laughs> if you need a little. So much cough medicine. <laughs> so much cough medicine. We have problems, you guys. Oh um, so <laughs> um, the police remain focused on the suspicion that this had been a burglary. And they really, their theory was kind of substantiated by the fact that there was a, um, a similar robbery that took place just a little while later. Um, and it kind of had the same sort of look right. as what happened at Sherry's place. So they were like, okay, that's for sure. Yeah. She got robbed and, you know, like they killed her. And now yeah. we're looking for these two suspects. Right. So they had like, um, you know, what do they call them? The drawings? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm had- not going to tell you. I'm going to make you think about Stop it. it. Sketch? <laughs> Sketch. Yes. They had these sketches done. And um, so they're like looking for these two men who they right. say have done this. Because um, they think it's two people, right? Not just one. They think there was definitely two people there. Um, so that was that. So with that's really um, the story of what happened in the case. And um, you know, as these things go, um, 
that's there's always more to the story than what um just what the story is um the rest of the story <laughs> yeah does that mean there's more to the story that i don't know i need to stop mm, there's okay. gonna be some edits yeah <laughs> um so while john was in undergraduate school and now we're going back a little bit to kind of give a little bit of background because um you need to know it. So um, when John was in undergrad school at the University of California at Los Angeles, he casually dated a woman named Stephanie Lazarus. Oh, Stephanie. Stephanie Lazarus. Um, she also attended the college and was a political science major. And she and John were both um, pretty good athletes. They, She played on the basketball team. I don't know what he played, but he probably was, he was anything also an and everything. Yeah, probably. He was like the, he star, together. the star player. He probably um, sucked and they still made him captain. That's <laughs> how good looking he was. <laughs> probably. Um, so, but they had just um, what he said their relationship was nothing more than, and this is a quote, necking and fooling around. So, so the only word I hate more than petting necking. is necking. Oh, it it's bums awful. me out so much. I know. So, um, but she kind of was a little bit obsessed with him. What fatal attraction, Mandy? A little bit. Just a little teeny tiny bit. She would do things like uh, when he was showering, she would go like steal his clothes. And when he was sleeping, she would take naked photographs of him while he's asleep. Okay. I have so many problems with this. Hold up. So this was in 1986. She had to go somewhere to get these developed. True or false? I would say true. True. Right? So how did you get this done? I know. I mean, I guess. I'm always thinking know. logistics on these well, things. Well, you know, okay. So back when I was even in like high school, we would get the little um, like $7. Disposable cameras. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we would do that. And then it's always fun to drop them off and see, you know, what how your pictures turned out. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was something like that. But I bet those people who develop pictures have seen it all. But I honestly. thought they're supposed to like call the authorities. Yeah. If it's like a kid. Oh, so uh, this is- and plus they, he's a really good looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Maybe they enjoyed. Who knows? They might have. Um, well, yeah, I'm not going to get into my story. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I'm for sure. <laughs> okay. It has nothing to do with me, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so she would do all these weird um, things that are not really typical. Uh, things that someone would do of humans, right? yeah, of humans <laughs> that someone would do. Period. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, so even though, like I said, they were in this type of kind of sexual relationship a they, necking relationship a necking and fooling around relationship they um they weren't serious at least according to john he said they weren't serious he apparently liked the arrangement they had going on so yeah. that's that um so they actually continued to have that type of relationship um at, even after graduation and um john went on to work for a company called micropolis and Stephanie completed the police academy and became a uniformed LAPD police officer in 1983. So um, they kind of went their separate ways, but they would continue getting together, apparently, right. um, which is just... In the Marvin Gaye sense. Right. And, like, <laughs> I don't really understand that type of relationship where you just, like, meet up. And I don't understand a lot of types of relationships because I met my husband when I was 17. So yeah. uh, I'm not very... You know, well versed in how yeah different types of relationships go down. I watch down. TV, so I do think this happens. But uh, yeah, it just seems weird. Like it seems like at some point you would make it more of a thing. Someone's going to want it to be more of a thing, right? And Stephanie did. She sure did. <laughs> this is my new radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at one point, Stephanie had um, thrown John a twenty fifth 
birthday party. It was a surprise party. And, um, but at this point she was unaware that John had been seeing other women. So you can imagine how that's going to go over when she finds that out. Um, Guys, this would have been a lifetime. This could have been what lifetime movie network was made on. Like it the could. whole network was based around this, <laughs> this story. story. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. There's so many like just parts of this oh. that it, they would, it would make a great lifetime movie. Um, so when um, Stephanie found out that John was in a serious relationship with Sherry, um, of course, she got really depressed and upset. And, you know, she really didn't like that too much. Sure. And um, she was actually wrote a letter to John's mom. This is in August Normal. of 1985. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, right. Like you're not his fiance, wife, nothing like that. Yeah. I would be really freaked out if just some casual encounter started writing letters to my parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little strange. Um, but she wrote a letter saying that, um, quote, I'm truly in love with John and the past year has been, has really torn me up. I wish it didn't end the way it did. And I don't think I'll ever understand his decision. Hmm. So she clearly had a lot more feels for John. <laughs> lots than of feels. Lots of feels. Um, and that he did not reciprocate because at this point he is now in a serious relationship with Sherry. Right. Um, so in Stephanie's own journal, she even wrote things like, uh, I really don't feel like working anymore. John is getting married. Um, you know, she's clearly torn up about this. Sure. She's writing letters to the parents. She's writing in her own journal. I mean, it's like her entire day is consumed with thoughts of why, you know, of John with his new relationship. In fairness to Stephanie, um, Sherry was a very beautiful woman, and if you've dated somebody and they've broken up with you and they're getting married, you want them to marry, like, a butt-ugly, like... Well, we know John wasn't going to, because... (laughs) Yeah, but you don't want the person they marry to be, like, really beautiful. You want it to be like, oh, they screwed up and they are no longer with me. But no, uh, this was not a butt-ugly swamp woman. Uh, Sherry was really beautiful. (laughs) And so I kind of, like, I got a little bit of her rage there. I'd I'd be a little upset as well. Yeah, I mean, I can understand. Um, Also, Stephanie never had a good haircut in her... 50 plus years of life. No. And none ever no. agreed with her. I, I, so many feathers. <laughs> Even to this day. To this day. Prison couldn't get her a good cut. Um, <laughs> so um, she um, apparently had gone to meet John at his condo after all of this has come out. So this is after she's gone crazy and writes in her journal and all this stuff. Right. And so then she calls John, I guess, and I don't know, says what. I guess she just says, hey, John, I want to come over. Yeah. Because I'm missing the necking. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it so much. So that's exactly what they did. They had (laughs) sex with each other. And this is like during, like I said, this is during his very air quotes here, serious relationship with Sherry. Yeah. And um, here comes homegirl from down, you know, and she wants to get it on. So they did. And they did that. And the reason was so she could have closure because that makes total sense. When you're trying to get someone out of your life, sleeping with them is definitely the way to do it. Leave me alone. Let's try this again. (laughs) Right. Um, So later um, in the night after she did that, she actually um, woke up one of her fellow officers and wanted to like talk to him about it and probably just had like a little cry fest or whatever she did. But um I'm sure. Or boiled a bunny on the stove because this is fatal attraction. Right. But this is so messed up though. Like I feel like even for John, like you would think. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, he is the worst. Like why would you even entertain that whenever you know this person is clearly having some issues getting over you. And if you really wanted her like to go away, you would have just said, 
go go away. away. <laughs> like you cannot come to my house. Like you know. So Stephanie would also do um, some things like showing up at Sherry's job. Sure. And this is kind of like escalating behavior. Like, come on, it's time to let it go. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like leave this poor woman alone. But she would show up to her job and harass her about John and would say like, oh, that um, if she couldn't have him, then no one could. That is a Lifetime movie quote. I swear. <laughs> it's like the classic Lifetime movie yeah, quote, actually. I, come on, that is so dramatic. And during this time, uh, Sherry even said, I think to her dad, like she was considering breaking up with John over this harassment. And I don't blame her. That's a whole lot of crazy. Coming into your work? Right. And I would be like, yeah, if you cannot get this under control, like we just can't be together. I wouldn't want that in my life either, especially with her job being, you know, she was... She had a big... She was very important. She did. Right. And she definitely could not afford to have drama at her Mm -hmm. place of work. Honestly, I would have kicked that girl's butt if she came walking into my job. She said she was like coming in all like dressed provocatively to see Sherry. That didn't make any sense to me. No. And... With that haircut, you're just not going to be able to pull it off there. Um, So, yeah, basically all that to say that (laughs) Stephanie was really obsessed with John in the worst kind of creeper type of way. Yeah. Um, Just you don't want to have a person like that in your life. So if uh, you do, then... We're not giving a PSA on this. Just move on, people. Okay, fine. Okay. No necking. So Sherry's parents, uh, Nels and Loretta. um, Nels. Nels. I wonder if that's short for something. I hope it, uh, Nelson, it has to be. Oh, duh. (laughs) I didn't even consider that. Um, They always believed that Stephanie um, was a prime suspect in their daughter's murder just because of things that Stephanie, of course, or, or that, sorry, that... Sherry had um, shared with them about things that Stephanie was doing, and she kind of felt like that um, Stephanie was stalking her and was kind of hanging around, and she would, like, see her everywhere she went, you know, just random places when she would go to the store, like, oh, guess who else is there at the same time, you know, just stuff like that. But she would say that she told her dad, like, you know, it was this person, blah, 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 and they had crazy eyes. That's how she described it. Crazy eyes. perfect. Totally... I hope that's not an offensive phrase, but I'm sorry. She had crazy, crazy eyes. Crazy well, eyes. I, I, I she's crazy. <laughs> so it so yeah. So it's it works. Like I felt like it was just manifesting. If, if the shoe fits, Man- right? Her crazy was manifesting <laughs> out of her eyes. Um. So one of the reasons I guess that her parents felt strongly that um, Stephanie may have had something to do with it was because Sherry was actually um, a really tall woman. Um, I read that she was almost six feet tall, or she was six feet tall, which I don't know anything about that. Melissa here is at least seven feet tall. No, I'm five foot 12. Five foot 12. Um, I'm like barely five feet. So she towers over me, guys. I'm scared whenever no, we stand I'm next to each like other. No, I'm graceful like an angel. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> graceful like an angel. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so because of this and because also Sherry was very physically fit and she, of course, like I said, did these aerobics classes and all that. And like, not me. Ugh, I just envy this life. I want to go to aerobics classes. Mandy, we're not actually in 1986, (laughs) but it would be so fun. I know. We just want time to do things that we're never going to do. Yeah. It sounds good in theory. Yeah. Um, So um, basically they're saying that it would have been hard for someone to like subdue her, you know, because she was a a physically fit and tall woman. Not true. You know. Height has nothing to do with that. I can tell you. Again, I would quit very quickly. Well, this is just what her parents said. Yeah. So she was a better person than me. (laughs) Um. So in 1993, um, the technology for DNA testing did become available. So 1993, 
is how long after the? <laughs> I want to make you. Do this the happened math. in eighty. It was seven. Okay, seven so, years. So it's seven years later, um, the DNA testing did become available, and Sherry's dad actually offered to pay for it himself wow. because he just wanted this done. You know, yeah. and they had already. You know, they have gone all these years now without having a solid answer on what happened to their daughter. You know, who killed her, and that's got to be heartbreaking for parents to not yeah. have. You know, even if you have suspicions, you want that like definitive proof so that you can put the whole thing to rest and, you know, just have closure with it and know, you know. Yeah. And John wasn't involved in the investigation. He wanted nothing to do with it. And the dad basically said, I think if he would have even said, look at, look into Stephanie, they would have looked into her. But since it was just the parents saying it and that, and they never knew her name. Which is also so weird to me that he was like bowed out of it. Like this is his wife. I mean, they were newlyweds. Like they were about to start their life together. You would think he would be a lot more invested. He was in the bubble, Mandy. If you're in the bubble, you just, your life just is the only thing that matters. So (laughs) telling you. But then also like you would think too, because obviously he knew about Stephanie's obsession with him. So you would think that even he would have had a little bit of, you know, suspicion Yeah, or you know what I mean? Like at least he would have thought maybe. That whole thing gives me question. I don't, I don't think he had anything to do with it, but I feel like he could have been more forthcoming. Right. And, and more helpful with, with nailing down the person who did this. But, um, so, um, the police told, um, Sherry's dad that they would need a suspect in order to complete the DNA testing. So that's like a slap in the face, I feel like to the parents, like they're saying like, no, we don't take you seriously and we're not going to, in you know, test the DNA against this person who, has been proven to be an issue, right. you know, who or who was an issue. When you time. have no other suspects, you know. Right. And what's it going to hurt? Just do it, yeah. you know, and, and then everybody <laughs> this can This is why be- we're not in law enforcement. <laughs> right. I have no idea how expensive this testing is or anything, but... No, I, how just- legal our ideas are, but just do it. <laughs> right. Um, so they... Um, so John and Stephanie actually um, briefly reunited in 1989. Ugh. And um, apparently John had called um, the detectives and that were working the case to ask if they still thought Stephanie might be a suspect in his wife's sure. murder. So what? Okay, first of all, why are you getting back with this person? I don't know. You would think just move on with your life yeah, completely. Everyone. Like X everybody out yeah. that was part of it before. <laughs> like, yeah. Start fresh. And clearly he like would not have a problem getting a woman. Bubble. <laughs> I'm telling you. But yeah. he goes with good old Stephanie. And by the way, something hilarious. Stephanie um, Lazarus had oh, a really man. cute nickname, apparently, that uh, her coworkers and friends gave her. So at first I thought it was a little offensive, a little bit offensive, until I watched her interrogation video in which I thought, oh, well, that was nail on the head. What is her nickname, Andy? <laughs> her nickname was Spazarus. <laughs> which I just love so much. I want to laugh, but I'll just start coughing. I know. I'm on the verge of coughing too. Um, So in the meantime, Stephanie continued her career with the police and um, went on to start her own investigation firm. So she became, which is just so weird to me. Honestly, it just makes me like sick to even think that she was. In all fairness, she became an art detective an art detective well, that, that so, wasn't it it was like a high oh my goodness something like I don't know it sounded like a Nicolas Cage movie or something <laughs> an art, art heist detective which I feel like 
are you on call for that? Like, how often do they need you to look into these cases? Right. It seems kind of like a, a parody job. Right, you right, know? right. Like, it's like, you want to be a cop, but you're just an art detective. So, yeah. I don't know. It seems kind of funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but she eventually did um, marry um, another man, not John, and um, um, adopted a daughter with him. So, right. she kind of went on and started a life and put all of this whole thing behind her. Sure. Which... You know? Could have done that before. Right. Exactly. Um, so John also remarried and kind of moved on with his life. Yeah. So, um, and that's where things pretty much kind of the trail went cold kind of thing. Yeah. And nobody really got into this in, um, for years and years to come. So uh, actually, when I say years and years, I mean 23 years passed, you guys, before sure. um, any break in this case came about. And um, it was still unsolved. Okay. Um, and then a cold case detective squad decided to reinvestigate the case in February of 2009. So this is pretty recent. Yeah. Um, and they discovered that the DNA from the bite mark on Sherry came from a female. Hmm. So that kind of discredited their whole entire theory about two male robbers coming in. Right. And, um, you know, at this point, the detective that had was working on it was – was wanting to take a lot closer of a look at Stephanie. And after reviewing like the case files and everything, she had said, you know, what about this female that was kind of a problem for, um, Cherry. And, you know, there was some reports of her doing things like going to her office and harassing right. her and all that. And, um, you know, they said, we really do want to just check into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, like I said, Stephanie is a officer working right. right next door to where they're, these people are investigating her, yeah, yeah. you know, and then she doesn't have, have a clue. Um, and so she, um, of course they knew they had to kind of tread lightly because this is going to be an armed officer. So right. they wanted to make sure that whenever they approached her with this to talk about it, um, that everybody was going to be safe. So they came up with some crazy plan to tell her that, um, she had like a, they had to talk to her about a case that she was working on or they wanted her to go thing. Yeah. They wanted her to go into, um, the jail, I believe, because they knew that in order for her to go in right. there, she, she would have to, to leave the gun, um, in the front, at the front, you know, before she could go back to talk to this inmate that they wanted she her to supposedly to speak thrilled. to. Like finally she had something to do in her job. <laughs> Seriously. Best day ever for her. <laughs> um, so uh, they they pulled her in to this interrogation room, essentially. Yeah. And at this point, she has no clue that she's the one being interrogated. Right. She thinks that she's there doing police work and is right. going to be assisting on a case. And little does she know, within like three minutes of this, you know, cop coming in, if you watch the interrogation, which I did, and it was long, but um, we'll sum it up for you here in a little bit. It's not very... There's not much substance to the whole thing. It's kind I of a lot of repeating summarize herself. It for you. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm if somebody said so, okay. I don't know. Okay. If somebody said so, okay. Yeah. That's that was it. basically Repeat. it. Um, but as soon as that cop said, Do you know who John Rutten is? Like you could just see it in her face. Like she was like, she tried to the eyes like bugged out like right. a cartoon movie. Like, and obviously like, you know you're around. busted. Like why else would they be asking you about that? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But she played dumb. Like she's like, oh yeah, that guy. Like, um, yeah, you know, we I did. We were friends back in college, and you know what's this all about? And you know, I it was a million years ago. Like I just don't really remember everything. But yeah. you know, yeah, I've heard of him. You yeah, know, sure. Just yeah, acting like it was no mm -hmm. no big deal. 
Oh, know. especially whenever they asked about, um, did you ever see his wife? Oh, did I go to her office? Huh. Hmm. hmm. I may have met her. I don't know. I can't say did if I, I met her. physically confront her? I can't remember. <laughs> if I had a knockdown drag out with somebody, I'm going to remember that. Well, that if you feathered killed them, you're yeah. definitely going to remember, I would say. <laughs> I think the feathered hair started getting into her ears at some point during this conversation. Um, so anyway, they this kind of went on and on, like I said, for an hour. An hour and, and 13 I know. Minutes. I listened to like the first 30 minutes and then I text Melissa and said, how far into this do they nail her? Because uh, this is a lot of repeating the same thing over and over. So then I just fast forward and watched the, la- the end of it where um, they asked her, if she would be willing to submit a DNA sample so that they could just rule it out, you yeah. know? If it was nothing, you know, then right. it was nothing. But they wanted, you know, they had reason to believe that she could be involved and they wanted to know, would she um, submit her DNA? And her answer was, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean, maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, what, what are the determining factors here? Right. So they did let her leave. They told her she was free to go. Um and I loved this part. Yeah, they told her she was free to leave, and she said that she needed to talk to someone, assuming a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yep, you need a lawyer up at this point, mm-hmm. I would say so. I would have said an hour and 13 minutes ago, you should have <laughs> thought about it, but okay. Yeah, right. Um, so they did let her go, and as soon as she walked out the door, they arrested her. Um, so uh, I don't think I mentioned, though, that they had... Um, gotten a hold of something, a discarded like drink bottle or something, yeah. and used that to test the DNA, which yeah, they had already of course was DNA. a match. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I did, in um, some of the stuff I read, I was reading that actually um, they, her lawyer really tried to dispute that evidence and saying that like the um, DNA tube was not properly stored or the um, baggie oh, yeah. that it was in was like not sealed all the way or whatever. Yeah. And so he tried to say that um, that evidence couldn't be used against her because right. of that. Okay, seriously, I'm so glad that the jury didn't buy that because, um, like, I'm sorry, even if there was a, you know, mistake and you accidentally opened up the little baggie that the tube was in, it's not a mistake that's going to be, like, a 99% match of your DNA, okay? Right, yeah. obviously your DNA, like, just shut up and, you know, you're caught, you know? Close your (laughs) eyes and go to jail. (laughs) Close your eyes and go to jail. (laughs) So, um... She was arrested on June 5th, 2009, and charged, of course, with first-degree murder. And on March 9th, 2012, is when she was um, found guilty and sentenced to 27 years in prison, and she gets credit for time served. So, what? I don't understand this. Like, why are we giving her credit for anything? Okay, she already walked a free woman after she killed someone. You know, she spent almost 25 years of her life, like, living like a normal person when she should have been in jail the whole time. And I think (laughs) it's pretty normal for them to give them credit for time served because she was already in there for 30 years. I don't care. (laughs) It's just that the prison sentence was so light 27 years and yeah exactly she murdered someone and like and i don't know and and an hour and a half murder i mean that's a long terrible way right but you would think the judge and like the whole system would be even more pissed off at her because she was a cop okay and this whole time she's been an officer art detective (laughs) (laughs) she had a badge jeez she was a legit police officer she was she was (laughs) um so uh, she will be eligible for parole in 22 years. Well, I guess that was, I wrote 22 years, but that was probably from the time that she. That was five years ago. Do the math. <laughs> right. So now she's 57 years old and um, she'll be 74 when she's eligible for parole. So, you know, you got a few good golden years left there at the end. Maybe the she'll, get a, she'll get a new haircut by the time she gets out. She'll, <laughs> she'll update it somehow. So that is our story of 
Sherry, Sherry Rasmussen. And Stephanie Lazarus. Depends on how Spazarus. you Oh, Spazarus. Joe Rutten. Well, yeah. she called him Rutten, but it looks like Rutten. You know, know, she probably knows better than us. She's got the <laughs> nudie pics to tell. Um, so uh, thank you for listening to that. We have a couple I'm Invincible wins, and then uh, we've got some good promos for you guys. So um, our first I'm Invincible win comes from Amber on the Twitter. Um, I'm Invincible win. I make sure there's a heavy but liftable weight close by at the gym so I can knock someone out when they come after me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but does not apply to me because I am not at the gym. Mandy, I know I'm shaking my head because um, even just the thought of having to physically lift a heavy weight <laughs> in order to like, just kill me, you know, <laughs> I know well, I've actually uh, my husband's always said like, um, you know, good thing to use to like whack somebody over the head with would be like a cast iron skillet. Well, I'm mm. sorry. Do you have any cast iron? Skillets? I do. I have several and I can barely even lift I know. the biggest one with one arm. Like yeah. I have to no, seriously I, do use I didn't two. know you'd even try one. So that wouldn't work out for me. But, <laughs> but I can see how that would make uh, somebody feel safer. Yeah. And uh, my last gym experience was when I was maybe 21, 22. And it was back during that time in life where you like have just money you're apparently trying to burn like you're buying Neutrogena getting the, I'm not Neutrogena what was it proactive that just like you know keeps coming to you every month you're like hey, I'm already over this but you don't even cancel it because what is life it doesn't matter right. like you're doing fine um and then so the last time I went to the gym I hadn't been to the gym in two or three months and I go show up with like my whole gym outfit and there's a sign on the door that says we've moved and the date was two months before. <laughs> and so I, had, I turned around and went home and was like, well, this is just not for me. <laughs> so good for you, Amber. Lift some weight for us. We'll eat some donuts for you. Um, and the next one is from Jordan on Instagram. Uh, and Jordan is with the Minds of Madness podcast, which is a really great podcast. Lots of fun. Enjoy listening to them. And they have a really cool Facebook group, discussion group as well, if you want to check out. Um, so her I'm Invincible win is I'm Invincible win. I get home late and all the lights inside are already on as long as I'm the one that left them there. There you That's go. Okay. Yeah. That's true. There's That's a big true. difference coming home at night and there's lights on in your house and you don't see shadows. Then you're like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Right. You walk in and say like, don't kill me and nobody will kill you then. So Right. Although I do the same thing. They're like, um, if I come home and there's a light on that I don't know if I left yeah. on. Like, oh, I don't have the memory for that. I don't either really. But then, you know, I always like to think that I'm responsible enough to shut all the lights off before I leave. But realistically I'm not so no know. I do leave lights on if I know I'm going to be home late I leave them on inside and we always leave our porch light on so somebody I just up. try to get inside before dark <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's not like I'm out late ever um and so that's a great one thank you Jordan and uh the last one is from Terry um when we got this from email and I love this one. This is such a mom one. Um, I feel invincible or I'm invincible when I let my 20-year-old leave for college eight hours away when all I want to do is drag her drag her to her bedroom and lock her in and keep her safe. Aww. That's sweet. But also a felony. So please yeah. don't. <laughs> please don't forcibly yeah. um, hold your daughter against her will please in her bedroom. Please don't lock your children or we'll have to cover a story on you. We don't want to do that. You seem like a very nice lady, Terry. So. No, but honestly, I am um, – I, I'm a long way away from kids going to college, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I might just tell them that uh, there's, that there's no such thing as college. So thank you guys for listening. Keep sending in your I'm Invincible wins. Um, we'll have our Patreon episode up 
in the next day or two if you were interested in that. Um, and now we have two promos of shows we're really excited about. One is with uh, one is for Kiwi Crimes. If you haven't listened to Jess with Kiwi Crimes, she's great and has a great accent and everything she says just sounds lovely. And I could hear her say the word toilet and I think that would sound really cute and adorable. But she's great and covers really <laughs> cool cases. And um, the other one is Javier with Pretend Radio. And I am obsessed with this show um, and told everyone about it, um, but he does a lot of episodes. We'll let him explain it to you, but lots of episodes of people pretending to be different people in life. And also, his wife is apparently a fan of our show. Oh. He said our show is like crack for moms. So, what? what? Um, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Mandy just did the oddest dance, and I'm so glad nobody had to sit through that. This um, is why we don't do a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah never. <laughs> so thank you, Javier's lovely wife, and uh, thank you guys for listening and and we'll be back next week unless the hurricane comes and takes us away. Yeah, guys, we just uh, just will the hurricane away for us because we are a little worried that Hurricane Irma might spoil our plans. Um, yeah, and then poor Hurricane – people are still recovering from Hurricane Harvey. So we're, we, I was invited to an event that said everyone point your uh, fans towards Hurricane Irma. And as dumb <laughs> as that sounds, like – I want to try it. Part of yeah. me wants to try. <laughs> I want to do something. So hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Kia ora. I'm Jess, the host of the Kiwi Crimes podcast. Each week, I'll share a missing persons or murder case from New Zealand. I discuss cases that are well known, as well as cases that you might not have heard of. Some cases will be recent and ongoing, others will be cold. A new episode or minisode releases every Wednesday. You can find Kiwi Crimes anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you'll join me as I explore the crimes that rock New Zealand. Ka kite anō. Hello, moms and murder fans. I'd like to introduce you to a documentary-style podcast about real people pretending to be someone else. It's called Pretend Radio. It's about con artists, false prophets, and real people who are living a lie, like this man who worked as an FBI undercover agent for 27 years. So what I had to do was a cold approach, which in undercover cases is the most difficult. So Mahmoud looks at me, but he's still glaring, and he barks some orders in Arabic. So I'm thinking to myself, did Mahmoud just tell him, you know, get the Uzis and pull the van up by the back door? And we learn how one man went from being a small-time street thug to running a multi-million dollar medical scam. He goes, you know the doctor went to jail, right? And I was like, the doctor went to jail. I was like, no, I didn't know that. Why would he go to jail? He said, yeah, man. I called my lawyer and I tell him, hey, man, look, I think I got a little problem. He says, what happened? I said, I talked to this guy. He said, the doctor went to jail. I'm pretty sure that if the doctor went to jail, they're going to probably be looking for me as well. If you like what you heard, subscribe now to Pretend Radio. And follow us on Twitter, pretend underscore radio. Remember, fake it till you make it. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.